Anybody enjoying um, just the weekend? Everybody having a good weekend so far? Been a pretty good one for me as well, too. I'm super excited about this message series, guys. Um, as uh, Chris mentioned, last week we had an amazing time last week. We had about 30 to 35 people receive Jesus last week. Can we celebrate what Jesus did? Come on, can we, can we show some honor to God? Man, it's amazing, right? And we celebrate, obviously, that Jesus is not dead, but he is alive. And so we, are, we bring our, prayer, our praise today. We bring our worship today because Jesus is indeed alive. Now, before, just before Jesus was crucified, um, he sat down and he had one last dinner with his closest friends. And he told his friends that he would be dying for all of humanity's sins and his closest friends began to, to, to sink. They began to, you know, experience so much uh, difficulty processing. How could it be that our fearless leader will not be with us anymore? And Jesus, I want to I wanna show you guys what Jesus told his disciples because he knows that we're going to experience hardship. We're going to experience pain. We're going to experience uh, misfortunate events that life brings us. We're going we're gonna to experience some heaviness. We're going to experience some things that, you know, it's not going to be fun to go through. And here's what Jesus tells his disciples during this very sad time. In John chapter 14, verse 27 in the, the, uh, the uh, New King James Version, it says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So now I just, I just want to point something out to you guys. Like God desires for us to experience supernatural peace. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but like I think last Sunday I was so grief stricken. I, I looked down at my phone, even though we're celebrating all the lives that were saved here at the church. And, you know, we had an amazing time together worshiping. I looked down at a notification and I saw in Sri Lanka that hundreds of people lost their lives because of a terrorist attack, right? Like, like there's so many different things that are plaguing our society and there's so much hardship, there's so much difficulty. And I, I hear Jesus' words ringing out, the same words that he, he mentioned to the disciples. He's saying to us today, don't allow your hearts to be troubled because I'm leaving you with peace. I'm leaving you with peace, and I just want you guys to know that peace is not the absence of pain, but it is his presence in your pain. That peace is not the absence of pain, but it is his presence in your pain. Jesus promises that he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what storm you may be facing. It, may not, it doesn't matter how much hardship you're dealing with. I am here to let you know that whether you are in a good season or you're in a bad season, God promises that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. He will be with you in your hardship. God's peace is present in your pain. I wish somebody would shout amen to that because we need God. I need God to be in my pain. I need God to be in my happy days. I need God to be in my days that are filled with so much heaviness. I need Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going to always be right here. I'll never abandon you. I'm going to be right in the middle of your mess with you. 
And that's what he's sharing with his disciples. That I'm never going to, yes, I'm going to be going to my heavenly father, but I'm leaving you peace. And I want to share this with you today. I really, this is the heartbeat of my whole message right here. Peace is not a principle. Peace is a person. Peace is not a principle. That peace is a person. And so listen, so so peace, again, it's not a principle, it's a person. And Jesus didn't just leave behind comforting words to his disciples. Jesus left behind the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God can provide comfort to those who were in mourning. So now I know, look, I get it. Somebody probably is in your seat and you're like, oh, man, did he say Holy Spirit? Like, did he say Holy Spirit, and I know we've all come from different church backgrounds. Some of us have been in church for years. Some of us have been in church, you know, for a couple of weeks. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. You know, I know that there is a stigma sometimes on the person of the Holy Spirit. Where I want to let you guys know, I want to disarm you just a little bit. If you've got some walls of resistance up when it comes to the third person of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is not weird. Holy Spirit is not spooky. Listen, uh, I've come from uh, so many different church backgrounds. I've been a part of uh, several different worship experiences before. If, if you, I mean, it, whatever you've seen on TV regarding the church, I've probably been in that environment before. And I just want to kind of share, listen, I have seen some weird things happen, and I've seen Holy Spirit take the blame. Let me just give you some examples of what I'm talking about. So I remember being a, a, a teenager in church, and, um, you know, uh, they would say, oh, she about to catch the Holy Spirit. Has anybody ever heard the phrase, she didn't caught the Holy Ghost? Anybody ever heard that before? I'm like, number one, how do you catch him? Because I don't want him if that's what I, I, I'm having to experience if I catch him. No, give me some antibiotics, like give me some vitamins. I don't want that. I'm not about that life. Why? Because I remember being in church, and I, I remember like when worship is going on, praise is going on, and everybody, right, and like the, the spirit's moving, right, like, like there's a lot of excitement happening and going on, and I remember there's a guy in my church, like it just never fails, as soon as like that beat comes on and the organ starts to blare, this man is going to stand up. And he is going to take off running down the church aisle as fast as he can. And he would literally run into the wall and fall out. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's the Holy Spirit, I do not want him. I don't want any part of him. Matter of fact, if he is going around, if it's contagious, let me hold my breath. I don't want it. I've been in church experiences where a woman comes in and she catches the Holy Spirit and she gets to dancing real hard and she's sweating and she's flailing, right? And her head is whipping and I've literally seen weave just fly completely off of the human head. And then I've seen the woman go grab the weave, pick it up and begin to run around the church with the weave. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to let you know that those people were weird before they received the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. Those people were weird before he came. Right? 
And I guarantee you that woman's weave was loose before she came to church, okay? Like Holy Spirit does not let you lose your head like that. No, that is not why he is here, but he is here to bring you peace. Holy Spirit is here to bring you peace. So look, let's look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21. I hear that baby shouting amen. Amen. Right? I love it. Um, so Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, I want to I read this text here. This gives us a perfect um, imprint of Holy Spirit being the third person of the Trinity. Matter of fact, I love this passage because we're going to see each and every part of the Holy Trinity. So it, it says in, in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, um, the heavens was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. So listen, this, this passage shows us in details the Holy Trinity, or what is referred to as the Holy Trinity, there are three parts to what is called the Godhead. You have God the Father, who is in heaven, seated in high places. He was the mastermind behind creation. God the Father is all-powerful. He is omniscient, meaning that he is all-knowing, that he is, he is um, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is almighty God. He is our Father if we've received the second person of the Trinity, which is God the Son, or Jesus. And we see in this passage that Jesus is being baptized. He is being baptized, and when he does, we see that, that the text says that the heavens were open. And when the heavens were open, the Holy Spirit descended down upon him in the form of a dove. So we see God the Son, and we see God the Holy Spirit. And then we, say, we, we see in this passage that they heard an audible voice from God saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So we see all three facets of the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, and the Trinity, it says that, that these three are one, meaning that they are so in sync and in line with each other in, in name, in aim, in purpose, that they are one. It's kind of like um, when you're growing up and, you know, you're, you're a kid and you try to get over on one of your parents by, like, talking to the other parent, and you're like, and, and I see my daughter doing this all the time, and I'm just like, well, I'm, like, so perplexed. She'll come and she'll be like, Daddy, um, can I ride my bike? And I'm like, what's your mama say? Y'all remember that? Because I know, like, because I'm like, yeah, sure, not a problem. But I know that if she already didn't talk to my wife and my wife not trying to have it and she outside and sh she's asking me to go with her and she's riding her bike, my wife's going to be looking at me like, are you serious right now? Right? But Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son are so in line and in tune that they always say the same thing. You might as well be talking to the Father if you're talking to the Son. You might as well be talking to the Son if you're talking to the Holy Spirit because they never stray away from oneness. They are always on one accord. And so we see that, 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 
that Jesus is baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes down on Jesus while he's being baptized. Now, I want to point something out to you. We all know that Jesus is a miracle worker. We all know that he laid hands on the sick and, and, and they were healed, that he laid hands on blind eyes and those eyes received sight, that he laid here he laid hands on ears and those ears were open and they were able to hear from God. Like, like so we see that Jesus was a miracle worker, but I want to point something out to you. Jesus did not perform a single miracle until he received the Holy Spirit. He never, listen, there was no turning water into wine until Jesus received the Holy Spirit. There was no resurrecting the dead until he received the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we can say it this way, Jesus' ministry did not happen or did not start until he received the Holy Spirit. We're trying to fulfill our purpose, but have we received the Holy Spirit? Listen, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, please believe we do too. We need the Holy Spirit, church. And so I want to I wanna, um, go to the next chapter. I want to go to uh, Luke chapter 4. And I just want to read verse 1. It says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. That's where he was baptized. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. So look, many of us have been trying to endure temptation and remain godly, but we haven't received the Holy Spirit. Jesus was able to be tempted by the devil and actually like sustain and endure. Why? Because he had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So look, church, listen, I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what hardship you may be facing. I don't know what temptation screams at you every single day, and you're so tempted. Listen, you will fall without the proper power from on high, and that power is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. And listen, I just want to again say he is not spooky. He is not creepy. Like, this is what the Holy Spirit does. I'll just give you all an example. Um, I've been, I've, I've received the Holy Spirit for a number of years now, and I remember um, this is just a casual day. Like, just, I'll give you all two encounters. I'll, I'll, I'll start with one, and then I'll kind of go a little more uh, intense. So the first deal is I'm actually driving home or driving to work one day, and I'm, 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 I may or may not have been running a little late, and um, when we run late, sometimes we, our feet get a little heavy, right? Like, like we begin to, to speed a little bit. And I may or may not have been driving a Mustang that day. Um, shout out to my daughter for having me trade that in. Um, anyway, uh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Um, but so I'm really like about to gun it. And as soon as I'm about to gun it, I, I hear a gentle voice on the inside saying, there's a police officer ahead. Y'all think I gunned it? I was like, yeah, let me chill. I'll just, let me chill. And I didn't, I didn't speed. And I'm so glad that I didn't because maybe like two blocks up, there was a police officer waiting with a speed, with a, a radar gun. And I'm just like, dad, thank you, God. Right? But I'm in tune because I've received Holy Spirit. I want to give you another example. And this example is, is, is a lot more intense than the first example. Um, so I remember, and again, I'm driving, 
right? Y'all pray for me. If, y'all, if I come to mind, just pray because I'm probably on the road and I need some help, right? Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I just gotten off of a freeway. I'm in Florida at the time. I gotten off of a freeway and I'm sitting at a traffic light um, and I, I'm just waiting. And so I just happen to kind of like be checking a message on my phone. And, um, and you know how you can kind of feel the light change? You know what I'm talking about? Like if, no, yeah, sure. You don't text while you're waiting at a light. Sure, you don't. Um, anyway, I could feel a little bit like, okay, I think the light's green. So as soon as I put my phone down, um, I was just knee-jerk reaction about to just hit the gas. And God was like, stop. I sensed a voice on the inside just say, stop and look up. And so I, I, I didn't hit the gas, and I looked up, and a semi was barreling down and, and, and came through a red light, and I would have gotten T-boned. Holy Spirit is not spooky. Holy Spirit is here to help us. Can we say that? Holy Spirit, can y'all say that? Holy Spirit is here to help. Holy Spirit is here to help. He's not creepy. He's not a weirdo. He's not going to make you, like, shake, and he's not going to make you spin around crazy. Like, no, he's not going to do that. It's not how he gets down, and I'm so sorry that he's been misrepresented for all these years. He's actually a really cool guy, right? Um, so, so Holy Spirit is our, it's, it's our helper, and so look, I, I sense and I know that we, we deal with hardship and we deal with temptation. We deal with so many things in our lives, and we need some help. Like, we all need some help. Like, listen, you accepting Jesus as Lord of your life, that's amazing. But listen, Holy Spirit is to us what Jesus was to the disciples. I want to give that to you again. Uh, what Holy Spirit is to us is what Jesus was to the disciples. Right? Like, so they were able to ask Jesus, like, Jesus, like, you know, like, they were able to, to, to tell him or ask, ask him, tell us about the Father. Tell us, tell, us more about, tell us more about you. Tell us more about the kingdom. Like, tell us more about our, our, our righteousness. Tell us more about you being a good shepherd. Well, listen, the way that Jesus shepherded the disciples is the way that Holy Spirit will shepherd us. Because Scripture tells us plainly that God's in heaven and the Son is seated at the right hand of God. But, but then it says that, that God would dwell in us. How? If God's in heaven, if, if Jesus is at his right hand, how, how is God dwelling in us? I'll tell you, his spirit is dwelling in us. Holy Spirit is not in heaven right now. Holy Spirit is in the hearts of believers. And this is, man, I'm telling you, like, this is, don't take, this, this will take your life to the next level right here. Like, I promise it will. All right, so look. Temptation attacks, so look, temptation and attacks from the enemy can cause our hearts to be troubled. Listen, uh, so when Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, the first temptation that the enemy brought was against his identity. And I am letting you know that just as the Godhead is real, so is Satan. And a lot of people don't want to like talk about the devil anymore or hell or anything like that, but I am letting you know that Satan is the father of lies and the truth is not in him. So what does he do? He's powerless when it comes to believers. So now what does he try to do? He tries to lie to us and get us to believe a lie so that we won't be in faith. 
And so what Satan does now, he tried to tear down the character of Jesus. He tried to tell Jesus, listen, are you really the son of God? If you are the son of God, make this stone a piece of bread. What is he doing? He's attacking his identity. What's the first thing that the enemy tries to do with you? He goes after your identity. He tries to question, are you really saved? If you were saved, would you have done that last night? If you were really born again, like you wouldn't have made all those mistakes. God is done with you. What are you doing? Don't try to bother going to church. You just go to church on Easter anyway. It's the following week. Why are you even in church? This is the work of the enemy. But we need the Holy Spirit to be able to refute the lies of the enemy. If Jesus needed Holy Spirit, please believe we do too. So now listen, we all face temptation. Our hearts get troubled. So what's the solution? So again, in, in John 14, Jesus tells them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now I want to give you a definition for trouble. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled, right? So the word troubled means to be agitated. Man, we get so agitated sometimes, don't we? Things aren't going right. Things aren't going according to plan. Things aren't going as smoothly as we wanted them to. We didn't get that promotion. We are so agitated. I'm agitated on I-20. I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm probably going to be agitated on the way home from church. Listen, every Sunday, I'm on I-20 for like an hour just stuck in traffic. It's Sunday. What are you doing? Like, why, are, why is it traffic? Like, are you serious? I just want to go home, make some pancakes for me and my family, and take a nap. Is anybody with me on that? Anybody eat pancakes and go to sleep on Sundays? Like, come on, right? But no, the enemy be wanting to like hate on my game and like cause all this traffic, right? But we get agitated. We get agitated and then we get restless, right? Troubled also means to be restless, right? Like we can't, our our peace is, is disturbed and we're restless. We have trouble sleeping because we're worried about that loved one, right? Like all of these things are happening because in this life we have a lot of pain. We have a lot of hardship. And then troubled also means fearful. That our our hearts get full of fear sometimes. We may not want to admit it, but it does. We may not want to admit it, but it does. And and so it it always it always tries to occur, right? Like, so you know, here's how the enemy operates. So my um I was on Instagram and um just this random person that I believe the church is following. I'm on the church account, and um she's like super young and she had a stroke. I'm like, how? Like, she's like in her 20s, and she had a stroke. And I'm like, how? And, um, and that same day, I didn't tell my wife this, but on the same day, like, my wife was saying, like, man, my head is really, like, tender to touch. I'm like, really? Like, it, you know, did you sleep wrong? She's like, I don't think so. And so, like, she's touching her head, and, you know, and I'm like, man. And I'm trying to, like, feel her hair, head to see, like, if it's swollen or anything like that. And um, immediately, my heart began to be troubled. I began to have fear in my heart because I'm like, man, like this woman is 20 years old, like 20-something years old. She has a stroke. She's literally in the hospital on, her, on Instagram, and she's telling her story. I'm like, how is this even possible? And I'm looking at my wife, and she's like, yeah, I got like this pain in my head. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And in that moment, Holy Spirit reminded me that by his stripes, we are healed. But without the Holy Spirit, there is no reminder of what the scriptures actually say. 
Because Holy Spirit has been sent to remind us. How did Jesus defeat uh, Satan while he was in the garden? Holy Spirit reminded him of what the Word of God said. And Holy Spirit reminds us of what the Word of God says. So when the enemy tries to strike fear in your hearts, Holy Spirit will remind you of what the Word of God says, and you can combat every single ill thought that the enemy tries to plant in your head. It is time for us to cast the enemy out of our thinking and allow us to have the mind of Christ because God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a solution. God is the answer to prayer. And when we tap in to Holy Spirit, we will recognize that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And Satan is the father of lies. So whatever comes out of his mouth, you believe the opposite. That's what Holy Spirit does for us. So we, we experience our hearts being troubled, but look, Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit so that we can have peace. So peace is not a principle. Peace is a person. And he sent the person of the Holy Spirit to dwell in our hearts. So I want you to take a moment, think about it. What are you going through? What are you dealing with? What challenges are you facing right now? What hardship? What has your attention? What causes you to want to be up all night pacing the floor? We all got areas, don't we? Come on, man. Don't sit and lie to me in that tone of your face. We all have different areas in our lives where the enemy tries to come in and lie to us. And some of us, I'm like, man, it don't look like a lie because I'm looking right at it. Yeah, but the word of God says... It's not, by, it's not by sight. Like, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. So even when you can't trust in what you see, Holy Spirit will remind you of what he said. He will remind you of what God has said. So John chapter 14, verse 16, it says, again, Jesus is, is telling his, his disciples at this emotional dinner, because he was, he was about to leave, he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So listen, I believe, with all my heart, I believe that, I believe that, that our hearts get troubled because we're trying to sort through life's ups and downs without proper help. I believe that we're stressed. I believe that we're anxious. I believe that we're depressed. I believe that we have all of these ill emotions on the inside of us. I believe that we're experiencing these things because we have not tapped into proper help. Jesus said that I am praying to God that he would send another helper. So ironic that he says another, right? Because Jesus was the helper to the disciples. And now he's saying, I'm going to send somebody that's just like me to not only be with you, but dwell in you. He says that I'm sending a helper to dwell on the inside of you so that you can consult with the helper every single time that you're facing a decision that you're just not quite sure of how you're going to handle it. I mean, can we be honest? Um, does anybody need help kind of like trying to understand your spouse sometimes? My hand is up, and y'all just going, okay, some of y'all slow with it, but okay, I appreciate y'all's support. Sometimes I need help understanding my bride. She's amazing. She's wonderful, 
but man, she speaks female real good, and I don't. Like, I'm just, I, I, man, I'm sorry. I'm looking like, huh, what? Holy Spirit, I'm like, let me, let, me, let me get back to you on that, and I go have a, a conversation with the one who made that girl, right? And then Holy Spirit's able to tell me and instruct me on how to handle God's daughter. Somebody better say amen in here. That was good. Listen, Holy Spirit is there to help. Is anybody dealing with a, a situation or a circumstance and you're trying to navigate through a problem and you're forced to make a decision and you have no idea which way you should go with it? This is why Holy Spirit indwells the believer. He is here to help. He says that he sent another helper. So let me break down what helper actually means. Helper actually means intercessor. Intercession or intercessor actually means that he prays on our behalf. Man, this is so strong, y'all. Because sometimes I don't know what to pray. Y'all looking at me like, is he a pastor? Like, how? You don't know what to pray? Look, don't you sit there and judge me. Like, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my story, all right? But yeah, sometimes we don't know what to pray. Sometimes it's like we know we should pray, and a situation can be so trying, and it looks so bad. But you can be encouraged when you receive Holy Spirit because he is there to actually stand in the gap for you and intercede for everything that you're going through. So not only, not only are you praying, but Holy Spirit is actually here to help your prayers. So intercede actually means to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. Pastor, what does that mean? Well, let me show you. So let's say that you're right here. You're over here. And let's say that your answered prayer is way over here. Well, here's Holy Spirit. And he is standing in the gap, and he is praying your way until you make it to your answered prayer. Holy Spirit stands in the gap. He is your go-between. He will never get tired. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And, and this is the amazing part of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not only in your heart, but he is also searching the mind of God. And the mind of God has all the answers. And Holy Spirit searches the mind of God, and he downloads God's answers into your heart. But you got to receive them. But you got to receive them. Holy Spirit desires to download God's answers into your heart so that you can know what to do in this life, even when it seems like you're failing. Now you're winning because Holy Spirit is praying your way through. He is our intercessor. He stands in the gap for us. And then helper also means consoler. Like church, we got to get this, man. He is our consoler. He's our consoler. He consoles you past the divorce. Like he consoles you when in the middle of loss. He consoles you during your hardship. He consoles you when you have ailing loved ones. He consoles you. Console actually means to take away the grief and to bring peace. Holy Spirit takes away the grief and he provides peace. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, Holy Spirit is your solution. He brings you peace. He brings you supernatural peace where your heart doesn't have to be troubled. Your heart doesn't have to be troubled. 
So now John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. This is going to unpack three things that Holy Spirit does. And I, I want all of us to really like dig in and get this part of the message. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this part. So John 16, verses 8 through 11, it says, And when he has come, meaning the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they don't believe in me of righteousness because I go to my Father. Um, you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So let me give you three things based in this scripture what Holy Spirit does for us or the ways that he brings us peace. Number one, he convinces the world. The world can, I mean, the word convict, I know it seems like harsh or, 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 or rash. It kind of seems like, you know, kind of like legal. But it actually means convince. That Holy, Holy Spirit convinces the world that God loves them. I remember being 17 years old, and um, I experienced so much hardship coming up, and I was in sin, and I was rebelling against my dad because of differences, and I remember, um, I remember like partying all the time, like getting drunk, and I remember like sleeping around and all this stuff, just trying to find peace, and I couldn't. And I remember like just hitting an all-time rock bottom, and I had thoughts of self-harm flooding my head. And I remember in a moment's time, I was home alone, I was in my bedroom, lights turned off, and I got ill thoughts just flooding my head. And I remember, um, I remember like just being fully aware that I was such a sinner. And I'm like, man, like this is crazy. Like I, I feel like so vulnerable right now. And then in that same moment when I was being convinced that I was a sinner, I was also being convinced of God's love. Holy Spirit met me right in my bedroom and he began to woo me to God. And the presence of God, like there is fullness of joy and I, I experienced a joy and a peace that I had never experienced before. Why? Because Holy Spirit was convincing me that I was a sinner, but God loved me. And I had such a peace that arrested me in that bedroom. And I yielded my life to Jesus. And I've been his ever since. And so this is what Holy Spirit does. He convinces the world. Look, you don't have to get saved in church. I know plenty of people were saved at their kitchen table, at the lunch table, at school. Like it doesn't matter where you are. Holy Spirit knows how to get through to the world. And he convinces the world that he loves them. Number two. So number two is uh, um, Holy Spirit confirms the church. I love this part. He confirms the church that we have right standing with God. He confirms the church that we have right standing with God. So I want to go to um, Romans chapter 8. Verses 16 and 17. He confirms the church that we have right standing with God. So um, it says in, in um, verse 16 and 17, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness, or he confirms with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs. Heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus. So the Spirit of God is confirming that you are a child of God. And you're a child of God, not based upon your works, but you're a child of God based upon God's works. 
He sent his son to come into the world, to be nailed to a cross, and our sins were imputed upon him. But by his stripes, we are healed and we have been forgiven. And Holy Spirit is desperately trying to remind the church that you are not what you do. You are what God said you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that the old things have passed away and the new has come, that you are God's masterpiece. You have been recreated in Christ. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made that God loves you. He is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Holy Spirit is confirming that you have right standing with God. Now, this is, poss- this is, is so important because of the next thing that I need to read. The next point I want you guys to see, number three, is that Holy Spirit condemns the enemy. Now, this is important. So as I mentioned to you guys before, Satan is the father of lies, and the truth is not in him. And the Word of God also calls Satan, he calls him, the Word calls him the accuser of the church. He is trying to find fault in everybody in this room, including me. Every single week, he tries to tell me why I'm not qualified to be up here preaching the gospel. But I'm so thankful because Holy Spirit reminds me that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He is confirming that we have right standing with God, but he also condemns the enemy. So this verse that we all know Probably, you know, since we were kids, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. If we continue in that verse, it says, And every tongue that rises against us in judgment shall be silenced. What does that mean? Holy Spirit is here to condemn every single word that the enemy tries to open up his mouth and speak over you. He tries to tell you that you're not enough. He tries to tell you that you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough. You, you, you be able to say, yeah, you know what, Satan, all those things may be right, but my God is more than enough. I, it may, I may not be enough, I may not measure up, I may not be qualified, but I understand that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Why? Because Holy Spirit constantly reminds me that I am. So if Satan is the deceiver, right, So John chapter, make sure I get this right for you guys. So John chapter 8, verse 44, it says that he, meaning Satan, he's always hated the truth. And because there is no truth in him, when he lies, it's consistent with his character. For he is a liar and he is the father of lies. So Satan is the father of lies. But God had to send the spirit of truth to come to refute the lies. Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to dwell on the inside of our hearts so that we can refute the lies of the enemy. He is the accuser of the church. He tried to find accusation in Jesus. Please believe he's going to try to find accusation in you. God has been dealing with you about starting a business God has been dealing with you about uh, going out for the promotion that's available on your job, and there you have the enemy, and he constantly tries to remind you that you're not good enough. You might as well not even try because he is the father of lies, and the truth is not in him. So you need to confess out of your mouth no weapon 
formed against me shall prosper. And Holy Spirit silences every condemning voice that the enemy tries to throw my way. He condemns the enemy. When Satan tries to tell you and bring up your past, you need to remind him of his future. That God is going to throw him in a lake of fire, but right now his head should be under our foot. And Holy Spirit gives us power to keep him there. Holy Spirit is here to remind you of the faithfulness of God. Holy Spirit is here to remind you of who you are and whose you are. And Satan don't want you to know this. And this is why, church, this is why, this is why the Holy Spirit is, has been so, like, uh, um, so misrepresented. This is why Holy Spirit is so, like, there's so, like, such a mystic type of vibe about Holy Spirit and that he's weird because Satan knows that he's the one to silence him. So he has tried for so long to get people to be weirded out about Holy Spirit because if we're weirded out about Holy Spirit, we'll never experience the spirit of truth dwelling in us. And if we don't have the spirit of truth, we'll believe a lie. And Satan desires for us to believe his lies so that we won't walk in faith. God desires for us to get to know him. And when we get to know Holy Spirit, we will experience a supernatural peace that the world cannot give us. Come on, CBD can't give it to you. Y'all can laugh, I know. Patron can't give it to you. Bacardi can't give it to you. Grey Goose can't give it to you. Surat can't give it to you. But the Spirit of God can. And it is a well that springs up to life eternal. And you will, all, you will never thirst again. You'll be satisfied. And God desires for this well of, of living water to dwell on the inside of you. And that, that well of living water is none other than the Holy Spirit. 